0: Welcome to the Clarity Advisor Show, where you'll learn how to grow your team today. Join Ken Trupke and his guests as they discuss what works and doesn't work to grow your team in today's world. And now, your host, Ken Trupke. Hello, and welcome to the Clarity Advisor Show. Podcasting has grown significantly over the last decade from a few hundred thousand to now over 2 million registered podcasts as of 2023. And while nearly everyone has heard of podcasting, few people have their own podcast, and even fewer people use podcasting as a way to grow their business. My guest today, Joe Lemon, is the founder of Shaping Culture, a media agency focused on generating revenue. Joe helps micro-business leaders have more conversations, build referral partners, and generate high-quality leads. Here to share how to leverage other people's
1: podcasts to grow your business, welcome Joe Lemon. Ken, thanks so much just for having me on, man. This is a long time coming, man. I look forward to diving in.
0: Yeah, it's been great. We uh, had a little scheduling snafu there a few weeks back, but I was able, glad we were able to get back on track here and ready to roll. So, So talk about shaping culture. Who are your typical customers and what are you doing for them?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So for the past eight years, I've been working in like med tech. I've been working with like private practice owners, small business guys, like think you know physical therapists, chiropractors, um, functional medicine docs, and people that have maybe like one or two people working out of their you know out their actual office. And I've been helping them grow their actual practice. Um, and so those have been my clients for the most part. And trying to get in to see these people was a challenge, right? Because they're busy. They're business owners and. That was, that's what really led me down this whole make your own media uh, path. So what makes shaping culture unique? You know, um, for me, it's different because I, I'm a salesperson that I like heart first and foremost. And like, once I first started, I was focusing on just like I was boots on the ground, just going door to door, cold calling, cold emailing, DMs, you know, you pretty much name it, just trying to get right in front of people. And so what makes us different is that we focus on sales. Like we focus on doing things that are going to drive your business. A lot of times I think in marketing, and this is what I've been doing now for the past five years, it can can get kind of fluffy, right? Like lots of times you have marketing agencies out saying, hey, we're going to help boost your actual awareness and boost your actual followers and boost your actual likes. And those are nice, but for the most part, are they doing anything for your bottom line? And so we really try to map all your content to your buyer's journey. And that's what really try to separate us, making sure that we're answering a lot of their questions. going to help you at least try to speed up some of those actual deal flow. Sure. Now
0: you started in medical sales like you mentioned. How did you get into media?
1: Man, um uh, I was a long-time podcast listener, just just a person that loved like listening to podcasts and so I was that guy who like I remember actually my first podcast, believe it or not, like back in college, a long time ago, and we had to upload our own RSS feeds and it was really clunky. There was no way to find us. Like you had to have my, my actual link, which is impossible to find. <laughs> so, so I did my first podcast back in the like mid 2010s around that time, or early 2010s, I should say. Um, I mean, but but since it was something I always liked. I always listened to podcasts. And then I was like, I should do this. And once it became easier just to really upload and really have your own, I just started diving in on it. And so yeah, I've been podcasting ever since. So why
0: a media company focused on podcasting? How do you see that? Working for
1: business owners as a as a marketing medium, it's different, right? I mean, um, Ken, you know, like this right here is a conversation. We're just having fun, and I think that's what a lot of small businesses are really trying to do. A lot of times, the marketing tools out there um, are mass marketing tools, and and they're great if you have a you know if you have a if you want to sell a whole bunch of widgets or lots of you know lots of different products, lots of services. But for me to have a great year is twenty clients. <laughs> You know, like I'm I have a really good year with that. Um, Most of my actual reps do as well. And and so we don't need a ton of people. We just need the right people. And that's why we don't need to kind of spend a lot of time trying to, you know, have this huge net that we're trying to cast out all these messages, but really have targeted conversations and having an actual podcast allows you to sit down with someone, be human, just have a regular conversation with them. And in the beginning, I started just talking around things that I was just into. So there wasn't no direction. It was no focus. It was just, Hey, I like this. Let's try this. And, and it was just fun. I just enjoyed it. Right. And, um, I met a lot of people. It was like networking tool, which, which that, that still works. However, when I started to really make it targeted and started to bake it into our actual CRM process, like our actual email outbound campaigns, that's when things started to get really, really fun. And because I started to answer some of these questions that our clients had through the actual podcast interviews, they got to know me better. We also answered a lot of their, like, you know, objections up front. It made the actual deal flow easier for us. So, outside
0: of shaping culture, the media business, you've got another business where you're still in sales, right? With medical stuff. And, and you've got a podcast around that. And that's what you're referring to?
1: 100%. Yeah. 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 So, like, like honestly, this is something that I'm baking up to really help people understand how to like leverage podcasting better. And there's a couple of different formats for that. But, how we've done it over the past five years, working in like healthcare is literally just having those conversations, how we're doing right now on the mic, talking about industry topics, things that matter to them. And, you know, if you're a marketer or if you're somebody that's actually trying to sell products to someone, being curious about your space is I think just a smart play. You know, so like don't just focus on your products, but learn about what's happening overall. And that's where we have been taking this actual podcast on the actual other side of the fence once we're talking about healthcare and med tech.
0: So how's it been working for you in your business to do podcasting? And then how have you worked with the people, your guests on there to help them leverage their business? And then ultimately, how has that led you to start shaping culture?
1: Yeah, yeah. So like, so for instance, so in the beginning, it's been one of those clucky journeys too, right? It's not like... A clean, like, you know, a rocket path where you're just taking off and things are just happening for you. It's a lot of bumping your head and saying, oh, that was a waste of six months. (laughs) And then you come back around and say, okay, let's try this different this year. And so the whole time I've been podcasting, when I first started, it was just lots of babbling over the mic. Once I started saying, hey, you know what, let me have conversations with my clients in their, you know, it's about the overall space. We started talking about the industry, gave me a lot of market insight. Lots of recent, I mean, it was able to really like hear from them, like what they really cared about. So that was really unique. They pretty much told you what they, you know, what they were looking for, right? Over the actual um, podcast, which was awesome. Then we started drilling down deeper and say, okay, let's start addressing some of these issues on the show and content. We started doing that more so, clipping that up and putting that into the actual sales funnel. And then things really started to actually pick up. And that's what I think is, is the missing piece with a lot of media out there for small business owners. We don't have a really good strategy, about how to take it from the actual online channel, whether it's YouTube, whether it's podcast, whatever, and then putting it to something that's going to drive your business forward. And that's what we really, I mean, that, that's the whole purpose of like shaping culture. So you started doing that,
0: experimenting trial and error with your podcast and bringing guests on, and then that's led you to say, hey, I've got a model here that I can teach to other people and help them get on other podcasts.
1: That's right. That's right. Because honestly, so there's two different pathways to this as well. Like you can have your own show, how you do, obviously, which is great. Or you can say, you know what, I don't want to be the guy who hosts my own show all the time because it takes work, right? It is, some, it is some angles to that. But you can just go on. You can you can just go on somebody else's platform, and as long as you have a plan, whenever you show up on their podcast, like you have a good call to action, you have a good lead gen type of form ready for them. You have a way to kind of take that conversation. Or take their audience and say, hey, if you're interested in this, you can find me over here, email address or something that they can, you can at least try to make sure that you're always staying connected to those listeners. So when you say leveraging
0: podcasts to grow your business, that's the kind of thing you're talking about, getting on other people's podcasts so that you can reach another audience?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean if I'm being 100% honest, if I had to start from ground zero, I would start on other people's shows first. Like because like having your own show is great. I got two of them. It's a lot of work at times, right? You have to do a lot of post production. It's, it's it's some work. But and if, if you're a busy like business owner, like running around trying to do that can eat up some of your clock, or you have to outsource that to some people out there. And it's I like having my own show, but if I was starting from ground zero, I would start on other people's shows because it's just already there's already somebody's audience already baked in there, ready to go. And with so many shows out there these days, you can find your you can probably find your own niche audience in that. I was talking to some people that that were just selling to like CFOs. There's over 10,000 CFO podcast shows out there. Like <laughs> getting on those shows, you might not I'm not sure how many, you know, deals that they actually need to have to make that make sense for them, but normally it's not that many if you're an actual micro business owner.
0: Yeah, with 2 million podcasts out there, there's going to be a chunk of podcasts on just about any topic that uh, makes sense. So, Shaping culture, the idea is, so you're teaching business owners and people looking to grow their business, how to get on other podcasts. And and that's part of the process. What other pieces of the puzzle are there
1: to help them grow their business using podcasts? I think getting on the podcast is a, is a big piece, but really even before that, having a good strategy of what you want to do once you show up, making sure that you have an actual you know brand message that's clear that people understand. So you're not just kind of doing what I did originally. Where you're just kind of bumbling over the microphone. It's fun, but it might not do anything for your actual business, right? <laughs> it, 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 and so, having those pieces um, set up prior, and then most importantly, having a way to take it offline. Because I think that whether you're staying, if you, you know, if you're on, you know, YouTube, LinkedIn, it doesn't matter what platform you're on. You don't own those platforms, and at any given moment, they can say, you know what, Joe, I don't like how you look anymore. We're not going to show anybody any of your, any of your actual live content for whatever reason. So making sure that you always have a way to really control that actual outreach, I think is is huge. Um, and really owning those actual channels is what podcasting lets you do. So when you have clients
0: that are you're working with to become guests on multiple shows, how do they set up a platform where they can store that content since they don't have a podcast in that scenario?
1: Right. That's why it's so important to have a strategy around like an actual call to action or something that you're going to offer a value to those listeners. Because if you go to somebody else's show, it really needs to be value-packed. It needs to be something that you can say, hey, you know what? Go here afterwards, and then you got something just to actually look at. So for your listeners, I have a place for them to go afterwards, right? And it's something that they just need to, you just have to have a next step so you can kind of keep that actual like conversation flowing. Because a lot of times people go to shows and there's no strategy afterwards to make sure that you can drive those people through to your funnel.
0: So are you helping those clients then set that up, set up their website or whatever to have the clips and have the whatever lead magnets or whatever they need to make this full experience actually work and drive
1: revenue? Is that part of the the package for shaping culture as well? A hundred percent. Like, so like, you know, honestly, and really being with like Joe Peachy was one of the things that um, really opened me up uh, just to how he ran his actual workshops, because um, I love the fact that it was hands-on, like having the hands-on experience is what I feel like so many different online, you know, educational things kind of lack and you don't get that practicality out of it. So, I mean, pretty much what we put together is like a four-day intensive where we walk you through each day. And then the last two days are pretty much hands-on activity. So we're going to do this with you where you can kind of walk through and actually build up your own hour strategy, or you could turn it over to like a different agency and have them do that for you, but at least you'll know how to do it. And I think that it's important that at least you kind of know as a business owner how this works so you don't just get jipped off, right? <laughs> you know, by people that tell you that they that they can do all these things and they don't have all the elements together.
0: Yeah. Now, one thing I wanted to come back to I forgot earlier is micro-business. Define that uh-huh. for me and, and how does that fit in with your target audience?
1: Yeah, micro-businesses are really a, in, anywhere between this weird place of two employees up to about 10, right? So you're not... You're not even small business yet. You're really in this place where, at, <laughs> I mean, just being honest, like it's the people I've worked with for all, like almost all my all my actual career. I, I've been working for startups and I've normally been like the first or the second employee. Uh, I normally was the first salesperson. So you're doing everything. You're doing marketing. You're doing sales. You're figuring out how to do like build websites online. And micro businesses, people have to wear multiple hats. You're extremely busy. And so you have to be focused and you have to have an actual plan of how you want to, you know, maximize your moments. And that's why I think that going on other people's shows is probably the best place for micro to really start. Okay. So back to yeah. podcasting. Uh I think you've
0: touched on a couple of the elements, but what are some of those do's and don'ts when we're thinking about being a guest on a show? What do we need to be prepared for and what do we need to avoid?
1: <laughs> yeah. Big, big, biggest, biggest things I see uh that I've messed up on personally is not having an actual strategy, um, not having a plan what you show up of what you want to. Leave the audience with anytime, um, and this is kind of what you know, you're just kind of like a, a golden rule, I think, in business now, too. Is just that take it off yourself. Like, what do you, what can you give the audience? How can you bring them something that's going to be worth the actual host saying, Man, you, you, you left them with something to really work with, or at least think about, it. you challenge them differently. And so, coming up, you can deliver to the audience, I think, is big, as well as just having a call to action, like having a way to take it offline. Don't get stuck with just having conversations and leaving it up to LinkedIn or. Instagram to really push your actual awareness, have a game plan ready where you can say, hey, go here, and then you can really start your own campaigns, your own outreach. Okay. And what are some things that you want to avoid? I would definitely avoid uh, not, not, not talking to the right audience. So people that you just are not a good fit with, if you go on a show and you're like, man, we just didn't have anything there. There was no chemistry. There was nothing really happening. Don't force them to actually publish it as a host don't publish that you know any of that actual episodes because you want things to be a good fit I mean and you know this whole place where I believe that a lot of uh, people that are in that small micro business lane are really going is to having this partner led growth and you want to find the right people to build business with and it's not about you know having a whole bunch of partners it's about maybe having a handful of three to five people that really make sense with you and if you get those people driving your business forward that's the right type of activity and so like you do, I think a lot of times um, people should avoid just trying to work with their friends. I think a lot of times people say, hey, my friend has a podcast. I'll go on there. But your friend's talking about finance and you're talking about healthcare. Sure, you might can make that work, but a lot of times it's probably not going to do anything for either of y'all's opportunities. So really finding people that might have a contrary thought, but still make sense for you and you guys mesh well.
0: So Joe, talk about how this all fits together. So I'm a micro business owner, and I've got. Uh, I need to grow my sales, and I'm trying to figure out marketing. And, and you're coming in with shaping culture, saying, "Hey, there's an opportunity here to use podcasting." How does that all mash up, and how how do I make a plan that that fits and works and works with the other things that I'm doing in my business to to grow it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think one of the the big things that's that's out there for a lot of like smaller businesses, especially is that people are trying to do more with less. They're trying to figure out how they can get more from their sales team. And if you're a micro business, you probably have two or three people selling for you, right? You know, So you're not like some huge army. How do you get these people to produce more with their time that's available? And content gives you that leverage. Having the content available to you to actually use that can be you know, pitching or at least presenting different things while you're asleep and on somebody else's time, I think that's the beauty of podcasting is that they can listen to it on their time. Um, cold calling is something that I, I've been trying to get back into, as you probably know as well. And, and it's like, that's a element that i definitely want to keep working on. But however, I'm not going to get with the actual like podcasting outreach stuff too. Cause that's just like a double whammy. They can like hear my voicemail. know I reached out, but then also listen to the episode whenever they have a, you know, downtime and they're ready.
0: Okay, so when you're working with clients and they've got some sales initiatives and some other marketing initiatives, you're working with them to bring that all together so it's uh, it's got a focused, consistent
1: strategy. That's right, that's right. Because like what I'm saying from a lot of small business owners is that like there's a disconnect between marketing and sales. And, and, and a lot of times the marketing strategies don't mirror well with what the salespeople want to do in the field, right? And I'm not saying who's right or wrong, I am am more sales uh, 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 bias, I should say. But with that, either way, it's something that it doesn't need to be something that we need to have this in-house fighting. It needs to be more of how how do we work together to make sure that we can get in front of the right people that we're trying to have our message get to. And that's what I think that if you look at what's happening across the scope, most customers don't want to talk to salespeople until they're almost ready to buy. Like at least in most of the spaces that I'm seeing, they don't, they'll prolong that actual like, you know, You know, face-to-face meeting or at least having that quick 15-minute call, they'll do all their homework online first. They want to see what you have going on online. They want to read the blog post. They want to listen to the podcast. They want to go on LinkedIn. And if you're not there, your competitors are probably there, and you're losing some market share, maybe because you don't have a presence. And so, the content I believe is really important. You got to have that at some capacity. You don't need to waste your all your time doing it. And that's where having the right strategy comes in place. And making sure that it's going to align with your actual buying process. And
0: and in your experience so far, Joe, then how important is it to take, say, that kind of longer form content? Let's say it's a 20 or 30 minute interview. How important is it to chop that into 20, 30 second bites, minute, two minute bites, whatever, and and post those separately in different places? Or is just the Mm -hmm. podcast recording just keep pointing to that whole content? What's been your experience Mm -hmm. as to
1: what works there? I mean, as much as I love podcasts, uh, let's talk about some of those cons, right? (laughs) Some of the cons with podcasting is distribution and discovery. Like, they have to be somebody like me who's into podcasts and is going to go down some rabbit holes looking for the right shows. Otherwise, you have to market your actual show and you have to have a way to get in front of people. So doing those micro bits of, like, content, I think is extremely important to help people find your actual show. Otherwise, it's almost impossible. Like, you know, like, and even when you promote it, like, Trying to promote, like for instance, I wasted a lot of money promoting podcasts on Instagram. I like Instagram. This is like three, about three, four years ago. I was like, okay, I'll run some Instagram ads, right? Let's do that and point people to the actual podcast. People are on Instagram. Instagram is not crazy about people leaving Instagram to go to your show. So that doesn't really convert that well. However, podcasters talking to the podcasters, you're probably listening, listening, you're already talking to other podcast listeners now. They're already on the platform. It's much easier for them to go look you up now if they're already hearing you on somebody else's show. So having the right method of just knowing how to promote your actual podcast is extremely important. Email lists to me are gold. Still, I, I love email newsletters. I still look for those. I think building those lists are extremely important because it all points back to you being in control of your own media. Just and like whether it's podcasting or email lists, those are things that people just can't take away from you. You know, you could change different servers if you want to. You know, use. HubSpot today, MailChimp tomorrow. That's fine. Podcasting is on multiple platforms as well. So it's difficult to really decancel. And I I think that that's just important for you to make sure that you have control over those messages going out.
0: Well, Joe, this has been really helpful. So I know you're always growing yourself and pouring into yourself so that you can pour into your clients and other people you work with. What are you listening to, reading, taking in yourself these days?
1: Yeah. A couple different things. I'm kind of one of those weird guys that will have like three different books that I'm like, you know, skimming through and listening to at once. Um, So so I got this one book called The Actual uh, Sales Accelerator. It's like a textbook in school. One of my buddies gave it to me from when he was at Stanford. He was like, man, this is this is a golden outlook. And so there's a whole bunch of strategies in there. I just been coming through like I'm back in college. Um, That's one method. But this other audio book, um, it's called Play Bigger. And it's about really just creating your own category around your brand, um, and taking that actual you know, position of don't wait for this actual thing to come to you. Go out and build it, market it. It's a long play. It, takes, it might take five to 10 years for you to do this, but creating your own category mostly is interesting as well. So playback is a really good audiobooks. book are-
0: That's great. And we'll get those in the show notes. So Joe, as we wrap up, who should reach out to you and what would be the best way to do that? And then also, you said you've got something for the
1: audience. So go ahead and talk about that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm really excited to launch out this actual cohort. I have five spots that I'm opening up. I want to do this as a small group live training session. We're going to walk through this. It's a four day intensive. We're going to do everything from literally having your actual game plan day one, walking you through how to actually create your actual call to actions, lead gen uh, forms, and then day three we're going to start booking you on shows. Like we're going to go through this together and start reaching out to people, cold emailing, DMs. I'll show you the whole process how you find podcast is out there. There's really good directories. And then day four, we're going to start recording. So like just really get in there and get people out and really get people active. So it's a four-day workshops, intensive, December 18th. We're going to start on that and you can go to you can go to podcastgrowthpartners.com. Go check it out.
0: Fantastic. And is there other ways for people to reach you?
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So Jill Lemon on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll ask some links below, but yeah, LinkedIn is the place where I love to play. There's a ton... I tried this thing of being on all the platforms. It's too much. It's too much for most of us, I would imagine. And you just spread yourself way too thin. So now I'm like, hey, I got one channel. I can fish here as well. I can have fun here. And then you know, I do the podcasting, and I drive everybody back to that one channel, which is LinkedIn for me right now. So yeah, LinkedIn is the best way to for us to connect. Yeah, fantastic.
0: And back to the boot camp you're going to run or the workshop. What? Who, who's the who's the ideal person to reach out if I'm listening right now thinking that might be for me how would I know it's for me?
1: Yeah yeah so the perfect person is somebody that's been running ads they get ad fatigue um, they are getting the same type of feedback that they were getting from running their ads these are people that are like my, like much smaller businesses people I'm looking to work with not some you know 100 person shop but people that are saying hey I want to get in front of 50 people next year 2024 I don't need a thousand. I need between 20 to 50 people that meet my number. And that's the people I really want to talk to because there's a great strategy to actually do that. I've done it for myself. I'm doing it for my team as well. And we all try to hit between that 20 to 30 people. And it's a really good year for us each if we do that. And podcasting is one way to have that FOMA done. But just taking on like media, your own media, and getting that matched up with your actual sales process. If you're interested in doing something different besides running ads, those are the people that I definitely want to talk to. Sounds
0: good. All
1: right. Well, my friend, I appreciate the time today walking through all this. It's always good catching up with
0: you. And I appreciate you and your time. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ken. This was fun, man. All right. And that brings us to the end of another Clarity Advisor show. Thank you so much for joining us. Please take a moment to leave a review on the platform you are watching or listening right now. And that would be much appreciated. And we'll see you next time on the Clarity Advisor show. Thank you for listening to the Clarity Advisors show. Clarity Advisors is a speaking, training, and consulting firm specializing in helping you simplify your sales and operating systems to improve efficiency and grow your profits. Connect with Clarity Advisors today to learn more about how they can help you improve communication and get your team aligned and engaged for greater success.